Photo Mission Exposure, a podcast for photographers. On this episode of Photo Mission Exposure, we talk with photographer Colin Harris. Colin is a photographer based in the central um, regional town of Rockhampton, which is in central Queensland. Um, town known for beef and mining and a few other things. Um, Colin shoots all manners of things, um, from formals to infants to uh, all manner of different types of portrait photography as well up in Rockhampton. I was fortunate enough to catch up with Colleen and uh, as she's travelled to Brisbane for the AIPP State Awards, so she's actually uh, down in Brisbane. So this is a bit of a new one for photo mission exposure because we actually recorded this interview at the apartment where she was staying at in Brisbane. Um, so this pick up the story and learn a little bit more about Colleen Harris and her photography and her journey so far. Welcome to photo mission um, exposure. I'm speaking with Colleen, and Colleen, just want to learn a little bit about your photography journey and where you started and some of the influences, and I normally get people to tell me when they first got interested in photography. What was the thing that kind of tweaked your curiosity in photography? I think I might have been in high school when I really started to uh, like photography. Um, I'd grown up with my dad, um, who was a photographer himself. Um, he would have loved to have been a professional photographer, but um, he's more of the introvert type and doesn't really enjoy or is able to talk to people quite freely and openly to be able to get the, the captures that he wanted to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, working with film was very expensive. And if you didn't know how to, to work with people, then it was a lot of money being wasted um, in that aspect. Uh, and then I got given my first point and shoot. I think I was about 12 or 11. Yep. Um, and we went on a school camp and we were near the Gympie service station and I saw this beautiful sunset and I took a photo of it and waited for the film to get developed and came back and it was a blue sunset and I'd never seen a blue sunset in film before. So it was really good to, to have that and, and as I grew and sort of took more photos, having absolutely no idea what settings I was using and how it was being taken, um, just being able to get the, the images coming back was really exciting for me. So um, I had actually asked my parents to go um, and study photography when I left school and my father looked at me and told me no, um, that I would never make any money out of it um, because he grew up in the days of film of yes. you know needing to master um, everything. So he was scared that that wasn't the, the life for me. So I, I left that dream and did various other things like waitressing and pizza delivery driving and and office work and, yep. and everything else. Um, and then I came back to uh, photography when my husband and I got married. His grandfather gave me a old Nikon SLR um, with all of the lenses um, and it was all film. And I took it away on our honeymoon and realized that I had no idea how to load film anymore yep. and ended up buying a digital SLR <laughs> <laughs> and haven't really put it down since. since yeah. mm. So tell me, Colin, you're actually based up in Rockhampton. Yes. Yeah, cool. Yes. So, um, and being a, you work as a professional photographer now up there. I do. And what would your daily, you know, day entail? What type of pictures are you taking? So the most inquiries that I receive from uh, my clients is around newborn photography uh, and photography for families. Yeah. Um, so whether it's for smaller children or children in their teens, I get a lot of requests for 70th birthdays seems to be really popular. Yep. <laughs> um, it seems to be the, the gift to give when yes. you turn 70. Well, what do you is, give someone that old? Well, They've this is exactly right. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's fantastic that families are wanting to celebrate their parents while they're still both of them together and yep. everyone's able. Yeah. Um, you know, and being able to celebrate the family and capture them for the rest of their lives. It's something that I grew up with when I was a child. Yep. Um, having a, my grandparents went 70 when we did our family portrait, but it's, you know, it's a memory. I've got, got a pretty dress and all of my family got together and um, we all had our photo taken and then every single time we visited our relative's home that was the photo that we all sought out to see where we were and yes, what yeah. we did and you know how, how much we've changed and 
getting freaked out when my grandmother decided to cut out a newspaper image of my uncle who couldn't make it and have a floating head (laughs) in the family portraits. (laughs) As children, that was kind of scary. (laughs) It is, it is. So it's interesting um, because um, I know particularly in the US, um, senior portrait photography is actually quite a big thing. Yes. even Australia, for some reason, it hasn't really taken off as much as like it has in the States. Which Not is in the same regard. Yeah. So we have our formal portraits, and I still don't think that's as popular as it should be, especially not in the central Queensland region. Um, while it is gaining popularity, I, it's definitely not the same in the US in terms of having almost a full day of exploring all of their hobbies and what they like to do and capturing those and you know, having this proper session just based on them in their normal clothes and then in a beautiful dress or a suit and, and stuff like that. So yeah. it would be nice to see something like that happening because it's it's a change in your life. You're going from being a child to now being seen as an adult. So Yeah, I think milestone photography is, is, is underdone in Australia. And it's an Very much so. I think it's more be. to do with our culture as well. I, I think so. I think it is yeah. a bit into our culture that we're not kind of um, I suppose is tuned to having the portraits hanging in on the walls as, as they do say in the States. You yeah, and somewhere. we don't celebrate as many holidays as what the States do as well. So while Halloween again is this sort of gaining popularity in Australia, it's not something, whereas when I visited um, the States, they go all out. Yes, you know, there are There are pumpkins and there, yes, are, there yes. are pop-up stores dedicated to to costumes yes. in, a, in the States. So they really, when, they, when they do something, they really embrace it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think we could probably learn a little bit from doing a little bit more embracing. Yeah. And I think well. the future for photography is that we do have to kind of um, get people more connected with photography and start using it because the challenge, I know when I talk to a lot of professional photographers, is you know, they're trying to grow their businesses and, it, and it's quite a challenge because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of pressure there. It is. So there's pressure to have people want the photos in the first place. And then there's the pressure of undervaluing yourself yes. when you're very first starting out. Um, we all start out with thinking we are not worthy. Yes. Yep. Um, and it takes some time and sometimes it even takes a friendly nudge um, or a or a family, or um, and I'm not talking your immediate family. I'm talking a photography family. Yes, if yes. you can find a photography family in the industry, hold on to them and love them because they are worth their weight in gold. Yes. They will be the ones who support you and lift you up and guide you in the in the way that you need to be. Um, my photography family, I love yep. to death, and I would never let them go. Yeah, and yep. that's a good segue because I want to talk about why you're actually down in Brisbane. Yes, because we're actually sitting. Uh, and in, down in, in where you're staying in Brisbane at the moment. So yep. that's why there's a few trains and a few things in the background. That's just <laughs> children running around in the children background. Running around. That's just normal <laughs> stuff. Um, but you actually come down for the um, AIPP um, State Awards. I did. Yes. yes. And so, it's something I try and come down and do every year. Yes. Um, because I'm a regional person, I don't get to do a lot of events that happen around Brisbane. Um, so I try and come down for the bigger ones that I can. And I've entered um, four images into the newborn category. Um, because babies are are what I love. Yes. Um, And I didn't do too bad this year. I sort of got a 50% um, success rate, I guess you could call it. So I got uh, a silver distinction and a silver and then 279s. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) So I have scored over my aggregate. So I am a possible finalist. Yes. So we'll see what happens tonight. Excellent. Excellent. So that's on tonight, the actual... Yes. <clears throat> the dinner and, and that, so wish you all the luck for it. You know, Thank you. It all goes really well. Thank you for that. And I think, so So that really, the IPP is your tribe. So It is. Yes. Yes. And a, a lot of photographers have actually have talked about this, about finding their tribe, finding the people to help, um, you know, um, connect with and be, you know, there for each other. And I think, yeah. and the reason you're on the podcast, and we'll mention Chrissy because we'll give him kudos. He's a bit of a right. <laughs> He's a bit of a right. That, that he considers, considers you as one of his... Um, People that's helped him on his journey. Yeah. Yeah. So he's helped me immensely. He is a wealth of knowledge and the just the nicest guy you will ever meet. I couldn't speak highly more highly of Chris and, if I tried. And, and um, we're talking Chris Anderson for, for people listening, but and, and Chris actually is on an earlier podcast and he wants to listen to Chris's story. But um, I think it's one of the nice things about the photography community is that once people do get to a point where they're comfortable, they, they're happy to share. Absolutely. And I think that's a fantastic thing that um, for people who are just coming into the industry, and funny, we did a podcast um, 
couple of weeks about mentoring, the value of getting a mentor. And yes. it's interesting because a lot of people will actually take a younger photographer under their wing yep. and, and, and kind of guide them through the process because yep. it can be quite daunting. It is. It's very you daunting. Know? And today, like, you know, it's very challenging commercially to be a photographer. Like, there's so much pressure on you to try and make money out of it. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of photographers sort of start out, I mean, in my, my experience, mine was sort of just a hobby. It was like, a, hey, okay, maybe I can earn a little bit of money out of this. And then... I have a friend who's very good business-wise and sort of sat me down and said, what do you want out of your business? Um, and for me at the time, it was, well, it's a little bit of extra cash to go towards holidays. My my partner's pretty well off in, in terms of being able to support the family, so I'm yeah. extraordinarily lucky there. So we don't have that major pressure of my business needing to support the family. Um, but my money was to be used for the extra stuff, so yeah. the the extra trip that we could take if we wanted to, or you know, not having to do, to work an extra overtime shift if needs be. And, and keeping your gear up to date is an expensive exercise. As it well. is, yes, you know, and then investing in you know business training and photography training and um, insurances and, and and everything else. So the you know, and then you've you've got you competing against other people um, and competing against your clients as well as to who is your client and are they the right client for you based on either budget constraints or style. So, and sometimes it takes a time to actually find <clears throat> your client base that you want to deal with. I was and it to will a, change. It will the, change. The, the, you may have one base when you very first start and if you do finding yourself increasing your prices, then the client base is going to change again. So it's forever changing. Every time you think that you're settled and you're, and you're ready to go, um, you're always going to have another client um, or a different tier in the client base that you can reach. Exactly. I was speaking to a photographer. She's had her business for 10 years. Yep. Um and she's actually moved very much now into the infant style photography. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, because she's was doing other stuff, but that's what she loves. Mm-hmm. And she's become very good at it. Yep. So she's found her niche. Yes. And so now she puts her time and efforts into that and then she's growing. And she doesn't have to do as many jobs mm-hmm. because she can charge for her skill. Exactly. And and basically deliver a beautiful product and, and be able to kind of and get better at it. Yeah. You know exactly, and, and that's the thing. I think that's a, the challenge for any um, young photographers listening is um, when you're first starting out, you do need that, and you're very fortunate to have that person to help mentor you with the business side because that's invaluable. Absolutely, I think if anything, if if I could go back ten years ago when I started and do anything better, I would probably not do as many photography related courses. Yes, and do more business. Yes, we had a photographer on um, an earlier podcast, and he went and studied photography, did the whole. The whole thing, and then he realised when he started working as a photographer, he didn't really know much about business. The business I knew un- nothing. I the still bus- the business know units were so skimmed over; it's not funny. Yep. And he said, and it made, made an interesting thing. He said, if he had his time over, he would learn everything he didn't know about photography on the internet. Yes. And he'd go to university and study business. Yes. <laughs> I, could, I could, couldn't recommend that anymore. Yeah, and I think that's yep. an, that's that's like a, a good takeaway for people that who want to get into this industry, yep. who want to become a professional, that you do need that good business grounding. Exactly. And it doesn't matter. Like you can, you can find a business person who's completely not even related to photography. Yeah. Um, business is business. That's exactly right. And, and you touched Money on, is money. People, yep. Clients are clients. So if you don't know how to work with clients, if you don't know how to run a business, pay taxes, uh, cover for insurances, um, market yourself, get your name out there in the first place, then all of your photography skills and the wonderful images that you could potentially take mean nothing. Yeah, that's right. They mean nothing. <clears throat> that's right. And, and as I said, you, you know, you, and you've got to understand too how you get actually, how your clients think as well so you can get your clients. Exactly. And, and you probably... Um, I imagine it's probably not quite as competitive as it is in Brisbane for photographers, in, in, but it would be obviously still quite competitive in Rockingham. It's, it's still very competitive. Yeah. I think we actually find that we're probably a little bit harder off. Um, regional areas, depending on where we are, the income can fluctuate. Yes. So a lot of our income um, or high-income people that we would consider around Rockhampton yep. would probably actually come from the mines and the mines have just recently had a downturn. Yes. So that's impacted all of Rockhampton in terms of all businesses yeah. everywhere. So you've got some um, primary um, 
That's right. Industry up there as well. Yeah, so some primary industries, um, they do like their photography. Yep. Some don't. So, again, it sort of comes down to that client thing where you've got clients who do have money, but they may not value photography as part of the thing that they want to spend money on. So being able to get in and and work within a network area there. Yeah, and you touched on something earlier. Um, You are talking about your dad um, and and having those skills as far as being able to talk to people. And it is a people business. Oh, it really is. If you you need to be able to talk to people, you need to be able to, you know, know, connect with people. That's right. um, If you're going to actually be successful. Exactly. I mean, you know, if if I couldn't, uh, okay, one one case that I had um, in terms of people skills is that I've had a a client that I've shot for the last two years. Um, She came in and her son was ridiculously distraught. Um, Just didn't want his photos taken at all during that time. Um, And within 10 minutes, I'd worked him around. I'd I'd spoken to him. I pulled him aside. I gave him a bit of special attention. And that's all he needed was just to feel a little bit more valued because mum wasn't able to get the same shirts as as his brothers. And that was it. So within 10 minutes, I had him going from crying to happy. Yes. And if I wasn't able to do that, then mum never would have gotten those photos. She, she wouldn't have loved them as much and she wouldn't have spent as much Yes, yeah. as well. So, And that's kind of the hook. The hook for her now is that she's got some great images and um, you've, got, you've got a basis there to work on. I've got a client for life. Yeah, to yep. work on. Then, so. Exactly. <laughs> she knows that it doesn't matter what, I, what she brings to me, I can handle it. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny because we, you know, we've had quite a few wedding photographers come through and weddings are a hard gig. Oh, they're terrible. <laughs> but you have I've to, given them up. <laughs> you, have to be a, you have to be a really good people wrangler. You do. Because there's so many pieces in play yep. that you may need to be able to control all that and, and have it all kind of thought out in your head how it's going to all play out. Exactly. Have you, so you've done, shot some weddings? I've shot weddings before. I started shooting weddings. I've only recently in the last year given them up. Yep. Um, and, that's, and that's not because I can't shoot them. Is I don't enjoy them. Yes. I don't enjoy them as much as I do with my my portraits. Yeah. And in my area, there are some fabulous photographers. Yes. Who are really creative and really know what they are doing. And I just don't want to be competing against them. I don't want to be constantly thinking, well, I've lost another wedding to these people because they're beautiful. They're they're fantastic at what they do. I'd rather focus on something else in yes. my business. Yep. And I think it's always good, good to go back something, you know, you're passionate about and you're passionate about about kids and yep. and being able to kind of create those memories for people because that's yes. what you're doing. That's exactly right. Yeah. They're never going to get those moments again. They're never going to hold their baby in their arms as tiny as they are ever again yep. because today is today, tomorrow is a completely different, different. day exactly. and we never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I think, yeah, look, one of the things is being being parents, you do, um, like I said, sometimes you miss moments totally. You do. You do. Um, and you get tied, caught up in everything that's going on, which is unfortunate. Exactly. But like you said, you can't get those moments back. But, no. But photography is one area where you can actually freeze that moment. Exactly. Um, you can capture those feelings in that image. That's right. Um, I'd put a... Um, uh, questioning out to a photography forum that on the part of each Saturday, and I'd asked people to put up a photo that that they connected with a photo they saw and they connected with, um, and left a kind of memory burning their mind. Mm-hmm. And it's great if you can create images like that for your mm-hmm. clients. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that that's your job's done. Yep. Yeah. Exactly right. I think what really enforces that for me is um and and while i while i can touch wood i've never been um had any personal experience myself with it but i volunteer for an organization called heartfelt yes which we've had another photographer on allison allison yes Yes, yes. she's a very good friend of mine as well (laughs) (laughs) and it's a beautiful organization it's wonderful so you know being able to be a part of that and you know capture those moments for these people who are never going to be able to yes it just reinforces how important photography is and that's why i think photography people this talk about will photography die uh, i don't think photography will ever die if anything it'll get stronger it will but it's it's changing it's definitely changing the way people consume photography and, definitely you know we've talked about on this um podcast on another product we've talked about you know prints that a lot of people these days walk around with their photo album in their phone or on their ipad and you know, families used to have a you know pull a photo album out right. and start going through it. That's right. I'd love to see the reemergence of the photo album because I think I would too. The trouble is, I think for the younger the generation, younger generation is that in thirty years from now, I feel that they're not going to have what probably our generation has. No, that we can go and get those albums 
And I look, you know, being a photographer myself, my, my kids were photographed to death. <laughs> <laughs> but and, and and they don't they don't fully appreciate it yet no. because they're not old enough. No. Um, so one of my next challenges in my life is you've got to sit there and you've got to actually do up an album for each child. Yes. To collate it from birth to to you know, to teenage years. That's right. Which is a big job. Yes, it would be huge. <laughs> yes. So with your um so you do your kind of some of that um you you've done whole style of different things in Rocky, but what's one of the more unusual jobs you've had to do? Is there something that's been a little bit left of centre that you've had to go out and shoot? Um, Someone's prize horses or cattle or... <laughs> I have well, I have shot cattle. Um, I, I get the occasional... I'm thinking Rockhampton. Yeah, <laughs> I get the occasional commercial job um, and one of those commercial um, positions was to actually go out and photograph um, a cattle farm. Sorry, a cattle farm. Yep. Um, and I've been out to do produce as well in terms of um, sorghum yes. um, that was sort of stockpiled and, and silos and yep. stuff like that as well. Um, so that was probably more more unusual for me. I've I have started to photograph um, older pets. Okay, so I'm yep. working with my my own vet, um, and we've started doing vouchers for for families who have older pets who yes. may not be around for very much longer. longer. So I can preserve that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I've, I've done two so far and I've got a third coming up and, and they've been really beautiful experiences where you see how much love these these parents have for these pets yep. and it's it's quite beautiful. And again, um, look, I said, there's, you know, if you, can find a, if you can find a little niche out there to, yeah. to get into because, like I said, um, for, the, for the person, those photographs are invaluable. Absolutely. You know, um, Absolutely. so you can, you can set that up, you know, charge accordingly for your skill and time and, and create something beautiful. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. So what, what's the furthest you've had to travel? Have you had to, like, you've been given a job where you've had to jump in the car and drive lots of k's or? Um, Moranbah. So Moranbah is about five hours yep. drive from where I am, so five hours west yep. uh, to a mining community where I go out every year and photograph the graduating class ah, of Moranbah. So yep. we... We photograph the students coming, arriving in their cars and they, they come into the studio and get a portrait taken with all of their family members and then they go and enjoy their nights and we pack up our studio and we drive the five hours back, back home again. <laughs> the next day. So it's a good gig. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, I think it's good because you get to see, I mean, you get to see a different side to, of your normal day-to-day Absolutely. working life. Um, and obviously, there's extra challenges and pressures on that because for sure, when you take, I mean, when you set up in your own studio environment, you're all very comfortable because you know where everything is exactly, and everything's you know how everything's going to work. And sometimes when you do actually get on the road, things don't always work out. No, that's right, <laughs> and it's good because I take my assistant. I have an assistant that works with me every Monday, so we're either doing accounting or shooting. Yes, on Mondays. Um, and yeah, it gets her out of the office and she appreciates that. And, um, you know, I make her work a little bit harder and yep. setting up lights and, and moving backgrounds and, and stuff, stuff like that as well. Yeah. So it's good. So what, what platform do you currently shoot on? What type of equipment do you use? I'm a Nikon girl. Yeah, cool. Yeah. cool. So and my only reason, I mean, Nikon, Nikon Canon, Nikon Canon's uh, Sony, Olympus. It's a, it's a tool. It's, it's a tool to do Exactly. The job. It's like Holden and Ford. Yes. Like, you know, you're going to have people who are, adamant against one against yeah. the other for me the only reason i chose nikon is because the mount on the camera has never changed and if i pick up an old lens and, yep. sh- and shove it on my 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 new camera it's going to fit yes and that was my only reason for choosing nikon yeah and the, and, and there's a lot of talk around at the moment because of all the new mirrorless platforms coming yes. through and um on some of the other brands yes some of the older i believe on the nikon Will actually mount onto the new Z series. Oh, that's good. I haven't I haven't really read much into the yeah, into I, the mirrorless. I, I, I was talking to Selena Rolson, which you probably know Selena. Yep. And Selena's recently come over. She's changed brands and she's now shooting with um, the mirrorless. Yes. And she showed me some shots she'd shot with on her old Nikon lenses. Oh wow! On, so, yeah, so they must fit. Excellent. Yeah, that's so good she, to know. She, she was really pleased. That's good how to know. How it worked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you still have to. I mean, if if you're pulling one from probably my, my dad's day of shooting, yeah. um, you're going to have to manually focus. You're going to manually focus. You have to have manually focus. Yeah. But if, you, if you've got a good piece of glass and you know it works, yeah, that's right. it's, it's fantastic. If it's a nice fast prime or something, you're not exactly. going to You, you can't beat it. That's right. Yeah. So um, a part of your reason, 
obviously too, you're down in Brisbane at the moment, and tonight there is the um, the dinner, the AAPP yep. dinner. Yep. So I'm sure that's something you're looking forward to catching up with a whole. Oh yeah. Whole yeah. Of. It's always good. The the weekend for the judging is always crazy. Yes. People are busy and they're doing stuff and they're distracted because they're getting their own ju- um, images judged. Um, so yeah, tonight is a bit of a letdown, a bit of a catch, get, up, catch up and get together and a few drinks and you know. The girls, it's great. We went to go out and buy new dresses and get makeup and hair done and wear shoes that are ridiculously high and we can't walk in properly. So, <laughs> and guys get suits. So, <laughs> so how, how much tonight will you talk shop, do you think? Oh, probably 50-50. <laughs> we never stop. Yeah. We I'm- never stop ever working and we're always talking about you know who won this and and what's happening with that and, and everything else so yeah, yeah. yeah. and where, where do you feel the direction with Australian photography where um, the direction it's going you think it's going in the right direction at the moment or I'm a bit of a hermit so <laughs> I don't <laughs> tend to know a lot of what's going on um, I mean, I know that we've had a, a, some pretty big hits with the AIPP. Yes, yeah. But you've got, you know, Australian photography doesn't just encompass the AIPP. No, that's right. Um, I think we have some amazing photographers in Australia. Um, from what I've seen with WPPI recently, yes. um, we're, we're kicking pe- ass. Pe- people, are, <laughs> people are performing on the world stage very Doing well. really well. Yes. Um, I think we're up there with a lot of others. I mean, there's some amazing photographers in you know in Europe and in the States. Yeah. Um, but I think we've got some pretty amazing photographers in Australia ourselves. In terms of uh, are we trendsetting or are we sort of inspiring? I'm not 100% certain there. Um, I'd like to think that we've got some nice little trendsetters. Well, I think you have. If you actually look at the percentage of Queensland photographers who actually made it on the international stage. Mm. There is a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot when you actually start really Chris. looking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've, you've got the Darren Jews, you've got all these amazing yeah. photographers and people who, who just... Um, Kelly Brown. Kelly Brown. and um, you know, like There's so many. Louisa Dunn. Um, Selena. Selena, done, yes. She's done well. She's doing well. I'm trying to think of who else in Queensland. Oh, there's quite a few. There's, oh, there is. There's quite a few. So that's good that you, you, know, you get the opportunity to come down and... And obviously, spend some time with those photographers, and absolutely, and, and probably create some new friendships. And, That's right, and, and reinforce old friendships. And yep. because those people ultimately, too, like I said, they're your backup team when you're back in yep. Rocky. You know, you can pick up the phone. Yeah, they're my tribe. <laughs> they're, they're my people. So, <laughs> and, and we're blessed today because we've got so much technology that we can be in touch. So you can shoot off a message or a text or something. A just, photo. Yeah, a photo. Yep. Can you have a look at this? What do you That's think? Right. That's right. Um, Dropbox is a fantastic medium. Not only can we share photos, but we can directly comment and highlight boxes. Yes. Fix yeah. this. Do this. Don't do that. Yeah. Yep. So with your photos, um, and we'll move on to post. So um, do you do a lot of post? I mean, obviously, most photographers strive to try and get it in camera. Absolutely. But that's always not, you know, possible. No. There's someone no. that you have to. So you there's, do I mean, there's quite a few times where I can sit back in a session and go, I know I can fix that a little bit later. So um, for me, my normal client work, I try and keep it as minimum as possible, yep. um, and except for my newborn work. So a lot of my newborn work um, will be probably 80%, probably not straight out of the camera, but pretty much. Pretty close to it, yep. Pretty close. Um, but then there's you know the 20% that I like to play with, so the 20% where they're, they're going to be composite. Um, and there are images that I've seen and, and designed in my head, but they're just not possible without the use of the composite work. You know, yes. You know, the, the objects that I'm using are too small for the baby to fit in, too dangerous. Yes. Um, it, you know, it's just too uncomfortable, the baby's unsettled, whatever the situation is. A lot of my time is spent compositing um, and then toning images and, and tex- textures and stuff like that as well. So. Yeah. And I think that's been the game changer for photography. I mean, you know, we, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, film, about being in dark rooms and that type of stuff. And there was, there was some stuff you could do in, yeah. in the dark Dodging, burning, yeah, saturation. Yeah, you, you, you know, cropping and diff, different things you could do. Yeah. But today it really is um, opened up so many possibilities. It's that, incredible. Yeah, you know, and I look at some of the work and you just, you know, some of the, the really good composite work is, is that you're trying to work out. Is it? Did they do that? 
is it really a composite? Straight out of camera. Did they do that somehow? And that's that's where I would like to be. Yeah. I would like for somebody to be able to look at an image of mine and think, how on earth did they do that yeah. in camera? Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's always that's always the that's always the, the um, I suppose the goal of every photographer is to get yeah. you worked at that level where it, it's yeah, people can't they can't really tell. Anymore. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. Um, so where do you think you'd where do you think you'd like to take your photography? Where would you? Is there you talked about the the, the newborn stuff? Yep. So that's what's my new, pinnacle? Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, I guess I would like to be known for a particular style of my work. Like I know that there are lots of other photographers who you just have to look at two images and know immediately. And that's interesting because, that it, it, you know, I've had this conversation with many people about sometimes I'll see an image and before I read anything about the image, I'll actually know the photographer. Yes. And when you get to that level, that's yes. fantastic. It's a fantastic level. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not sure I've actually got a particular style. Um, other than sort of creative composites um, that would make me identifiable. So yep. I, I've, that's a bit of a personal challenge within myself that that I'm constantly battling with. You know, is it is it even going to be attainable? Yes, yeah. It's interesting because, um, you know, I've listened to quite a few different podcasts about different photographers and one of the questions that people get asked is, what are you known for? And, and a lot of photographers take that, time to get to that point to yes. where they're actually just known for a particular style of, of photography and there's like I said there's some um, photographers who like you look at, look at the images and you know straight away who, That's they, right. who they are and that type of stuff so so with your um, you, you shoot the Nikon yes um, what would you be your favorite lens setup so you're doing a portrait shoot what what are you going to put on the front of the camera uh, if I'm outside it's got to be the 70 to 200 yep um, if I am in my studio it's got to be my sigma my Sigma Art. Oh, and the Art one, yeah. Mm. 35 or? Uh, I've got the 50 and the 35. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm more of a traditionalist. My dad okay. always told me that the 50 is your eye. Is your eye. That's is the my old, eye. It's the old standard. Exactly. I mean, I see a lot of newborn photographers that they absolutely love the 35, but for me, that extra width just doesn't quite sit right with me all the time. Yes, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll definitely use my 35 if I'm standing over a baby. Yes, Carefully, um, <laughs> but my my fifty is on ninety percent of the time. Yeah, yeah, and I think <clears throat> that's one thing that, um, when photographers are starting out, they they don't always appreciate um, primes. No, no, they don't. Definitely not. Well, we all get kits, well, and the kits have got to zoom, so that, that's what you learned on. And that's what people do, and they just think you stand in one position and you zoom in and out. Yeah. And obviously, once you put a prime on, your foot zooming. Exactly. Um, and and you know that's like I said, that actually how you kind of you know, get the best shots. That's right. It's interesting. I One of the things that I do is I teach photography. And I've done mm-hmm. a lot of photography workshops. And when I do um, something like a sunset workshop, I do something called shoot loose. And that's where people get their tripods, they set their cameras up on the tripods and they're waiting for the sunset. Yep. And while that's happening, there's all this amazing stuff happening around. That's right. And they miss it. So I said, no, put your tripod there, but don't put your camera on the tripod. Yep. We're going to look around what's happening because the sunset's going to develop over time. Exactly. We're not going to miss it. No, that's right. But there's all these other things, you know, and there might be there's a local lake and there's, you know, this guy's coming and he's casting a net and you could shoot it so you get this beautiful silhouette of the net and the guy t- casting it. Well, people have kind of got their cameras aimed over there. I'm going, you know, pointing. You're totally missing. Yeah, you're totally missing. I think that's, that's right. one of the things is being able to, and I think that's one of the good things about the um, prime lens is mm. that, is that it forces you to move. It forces you to move That's around. That's right. When I, I did a um, photography workshop many moons ago um, and the photographer was working with the um, with an 85 and his main goal for, for teaching us for that day was to walk around. He said, you need to walk around your subject. You need to be able to walk around and get it from all different angles. He said, because what you see from one side isn't always going to be the best side or the best angle or yep. the best view for capturing the subject. He said, so walk up, take your first shot, have a look. Does it look great? If not, walk around, get down low, get high, you know, just change what you need to do yep. in order to get the best. Because walking up and taking that one shot isn't going to be your best. Yes. Make sure. Look, and, and you know, you don't have to look, you know, you don't have to take a photo every angle but look. Have a look because the light changes, you know, especially yes. if you're shooting. If you're working with available light, 
Um, you know, that's the thing. Sometimes you think, okay, this will look good from this angle. That's but right. When you move a little bit, you go, actually, no, it's actually better from around, exactly. around here. And that's yeah. A, and that's and as really a photographer, learn. I actually suck at seeing light. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of times that I, I, anyway, I'll look at an image and, and honestly be questioning myself, where is the light coming really from? coming from? And it's a lot of the time it's not until I've actually taken the image and, and worked out, right, well, that's that's the tones that I was looking for and that's the contrast and that's the composition. Yes. Yeah. 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 Look, it is a skill and some things. And, oh. and, and one, one of the things about photography, you never stop learning. No, definitely not. You know, you, you just learn, learn, learn. And like I said, and as new gear becomes available too, like it opens up new possibilities. Exactly. You know, we're starting to see some cameras now with some amazing low light. That's right. I mean, capabilities. Uh, back in the day, again, when I used to ask my dad to, you know, give me, tell me, tell me how to use a camera, and he would never tell me how to use a camera because he couldn't. Yeah. He couldn't tell me um, what settings I needed to be outside, what settings I needed to be inside, because they were forever changing. Yes. Um, and I would try and talk to him about, well, you know, my camera, you know trying to shoot on 160th of a second and his face just yeah. dropped. He said, well, that's impossible. You can't drop it past well, as, one as, 250th. As we've been sitting here, we've seen about three stops of light. Yep. <laughs> just just with the shadows. In this room. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, my, yeah, my dad couldn't understand the, that. the new cameras. Yeah, it's gone back up again. <laughs> Could allow you to handhold and get a perfectly clear image at yep. 160th of a second. Yes. It's impossible for him. Yes, yep. Yeah. And I think that's interesting when you see a lot of the photography forums, people will actually see a photo and then they'll ask the photographer, what were your settings? Exactly. And like it's going to make a difference. You know, it's not. It, it, it's kind of, it's similar to making a cake, but it's not. Yes. You know, you can say, okay, I need X amount of ingredients in this ratio and cook it for this particular long and you'll get this result at That's the end. right. But if it's a fan force or a gas oven or... That'll change. The time if, will change. Is the butter softened? Is it yeah, hard? That, that's exactly... There's a lot of variables in that's there. That's right. And, and that's the thing that people struggle with. And I think photography is one of those areas where, um, you know, it will be changing. And you've got to be able to adapt as a photographer. That's so right. you've got to be able to kind of, you know... Shoot. Work with the light. Work, work with the light. available light. If it's not there, can you bring your own light in? Can you work with... Adding light and angles, and can you reproduce natural light? And that's a challenge, and that's a skill in itself. Huge, huge. It's a huge skill in itself. And we're fortunate that we're getting so much. There's so much good portable lighting become of LED. It's amazing. Yeah, you're starting to see these these incredibly small lights that pack so much punch. So much. Yeah, it's like it opens up a whole lot of new possibilities, especially for for portraits. That's right. That's right. I've had a lot of good reports from Godox, I think it is, yep. at the moment. So I've got a few friends who have recently switched over to that. Um, but, yeah, for me, a bit of a bit of a pocket flash and a dome and or even um, – I'm trying to think of what the word is now um, – not a shield, a, a flag. Yep. To stop the light from bouncing back in certain areas is enough for me. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. So when you typically go out and do your, say, your um, portrait, what you're taking – if you're off, off the, um, taking it you know, out of the studio, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, what lighting would you normally take? Uh, I tend to work with available light, yep. um, mainly because I'm shooting with families and generally with small children. So for me, high sync speeds and small children don't always work yes. and I'm working solo. So yep. um, being able to get my off-camera flash in the right position for families and working fast, um, I'd rather work with available light and yep. not miss an opportunity um, than sort of mucking around with, you know, light stands and, and sandbags and positions and, and everything else, yeah. which, you know, does inhibit what I can capture. Well, it takes um, time to do all, put all that together. And then, that's right. And then if you don't quite get it set up, and you know, you can move stuff around. It. Exactly. And then I could be wasting time moving it instead of taking photos. Yeah. Um, but I know that um, there are some other images that I could capture beautifully if I had that off-camera flash. So, um, yeah, for me... If I was inside um, in a property, then maybe it would be um, portable flashes. Um, so portable flashes with little pocket um, wizards or something um, of the same aspect so that I can place the flash in, in yep. different areas of, of the room or bounce, bouncing off walls, bouncing off ceilings, um, whatever I can use just to get that directional light happening. Yep. Um, with the um, your locality up in, in Rocky, mm -hmm. um how do you see that differently to, say, how a Brisbane photographer would be? What, what do you think the differences are? Um, I think in terms of urban photography, uh, we're probably pretty much on par, maybe even a little bit better uh, in Rockhampton because 
everything is five minutes away. Yep. Everything's five minutes. So if, if I want to go to the gardens, it's five minutes. If I want to go to the city, it's five minutes. If, um, if I want a rural background, I've literally got to drive five minutes out of town and I've got a set of cattle fields and yep. trees and everything else. So um, we're probably a little bit more limited in terms of we don't have fantastic beaches um, like you would at the Sunshine Coast or, yes. or the Gold Coast down here. Um, we don't have spectacular gardens um, that we could probably use. Um, our gardens are pretty good. Yes. For, for a regional town. Yeah. I've seen well, some. Probably, I've seen water, some worse water, ones. Water, water's a big issue. <laughs> water can be a huge issue. Um, we have some nice locations just outside of Rockhampton, in between Rockhampton and Nipoon, yep. where we have a lake. Yep. Um, or a river. Uh, sorry, a creek, um, and most of the time it's full of water. Yeah. Um, but the areas are around are more rurally minded and you can either have beautiful um, sort of yellowing grass, you know, dry and brittle for yep. one sort of look, or if it's rained, we get lush green grass. Yep. And so. I'd imagine there'd be some great locations with some abandoned type buildings and stuff for... Sometimes. We don't really have that many oh, okay. I would, I would have, Yeah, I would have thought it would have been a great opportunity for some portrait Photography, some old... I'm, I'm always on the lookout. <laughs> a lot of... Um, I suppose Rockhampton is still quite... I mean, even though it was built still in the 1900s, um, I think, if I've got my history correct, yep. um, we, we've got the older Queenslanders, which have either been purchased and, and sort of done up. Yes, um, yep. But no, not a lot of abandoned buildings that I would really love to get in and photograph. Um and if they are, they're probably on private land, which... Yes, which makes it... We, makes it yeah, we don't have access to. Yeah, so. it makes it much, much harder. Yeah. Yeah. So were you actually... Colin, were you actually born in Rocky? Um, no, I was born in Bundaberg. Ah, okay. Yes, but I have spent most of my life around the Rockhampton region. So I grew up in a, in a mining town called Middlemount. Yep. Which is about two and a half hours outside um, west, north-ish of Rockhampton. Yep. So a lot of our um, school holidays were either in Rockhampton or Mackay yep. um, or down in Bundaberg. Yep. where my grandparents were. So oh, okay, yeah, it's interesting. People tend to stick, and in you know, particularly I notice in, in Queensland, people tend to stick close to. Their... They do, yeah. They're, it's quite family orientated, yeah, and unless family moves away, um, then yeah, most of most of us sort of stick around that area. Um, growing up in Middlemount, I, I sort of graduated a high school there, and my entire graduating class of the total of twenty two students um, all desperately said that they needed to get out. They were they were wanting to get out, and ninety percent of them stayed. Yes, yeah, yeah and that's so. interesting because a lot of people that's what they think they're, they're limited on opportunities. What they're yeah. going to do, yeah. So they think they're going to be kind of stuck in this town and not be other. That's right. And, and look, a lot of those towns have different you know um, industries, like again, yes. Bundaberg, around sugar and rum and those type of things. Yep. It's kind of yep. built. Yeah, a lot of jobs around that. And I think Rockhampton's lots on beef and stuff like that. Beef and then, yeah, sort of the cattle, uh, not the cattle, um, the miners yes, t- yeah. tend, to, tend to purchase some homes for, you know, kids who are going to boarding school and going on for university and stuff like that as well. So, yeah, yeah a bit of an investment property area. So, so, yeah, local businesses. Yeah, fantastic. So what advice would you give someone who's maybe thinking about going into photography now that you know what you know about photography? Mm. Who are thinking about they're kind of at that point where they're thinking, you know, I'd like I pick the camera up and I'd like taking photos. I think I'd like to make it a profession, but yeah, what what could you go and do a business course? <laughs> <laughs> Hands down, um, as I said before, if you if you are taking, you know, if your photography skills are there um, and you know what you're doing and people are loving what you're doing, and and I'm not talking about. We all get the people that go, oh, your work is fantastic and they never want to say anything, not nasty, but yep. they want to build you up and that's fantastic. But you also need some realistic people around you to say, you know what, you probably need a little bit more work in this area. Um, you know, if, if you're getting there and you've got the got the people who are wanting your, your photos, um, go and do a business course. Go and learn how to market yourself, how to... Continue to bring clients in because without that, you could you could sit and take the most amazing photos for the rest of your life, and you'll never make a dime. And, and or you, you may make just barely enough for for you might as well work at McDonald's. That's right. And yeah. I think the thing is, um, it's kind of like it's it's one of those um, it's a balancing act of trying to take amazing photos, mm. and someone who takes amazing photos always doesn't relate to commercial success. No, that's right. So you have to you have to be able to take a, a photo to a particular 
level. Yes. And I know with the, you know, you, and you've recently um, had some prints in, and I mean, you know, bronze is considered that's what you should be delivering. That's right. Day bronze, in, so day out. 78, 79 yeah, it it is be. a professional practice. Yeah. So that's, that's what you should be delivering to your clients on a daily basis. Basis. Yeah. You know, and when you strive above that, that's above and beyond. That's right. That's when you start getting into award categories and apologies for the snoring if you can hear yeah, the background. That's, 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 my, abs- that's my puppy. <laughs> <laughs> very content. <laughs> very. Pup, very content puppy. So with your with your um, um, stuff at the Appers now, where does that leave you in terms of points and things? So last year I was awarded my, my Masters. Yep. So I got my red ribbon. Very excited. Got to get up on stage and collect my red ribbon. Um, so I'm now considered a master of photography with AIPP. Yep. Um, at the moment, I'm now working towards my first gold bar. So from there, it's I think I need to collect five gold bars, I maybe ten gold bars before I start getting sort of into grandmasters and, yes. and, and everything else. So yep. Yeah. And do you find that that helps keep you, um, you know, fresh and oh lord, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what motivates you to keep absolutely. Being brave. A lot of the work that I mean, I will work. I could work up to twenty hours or more on a single image for my award work. Um, and that doesn't mean that I'm going to spend that much time on a client. Yep. But the skills that I use working on my award images definitely transfer they, across. They, that's right. They transfer. They, 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 transfer. Tri- they trickle down. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. The, the work that I'm giving out to my clients now far surpasses anything that I that I did before I started with the AIPP. So. Yeah. And I think for people who are trying to, to look at their, how they've come and their photography journey is, you go back and look at the work you were producing. Oh my god! A few years ago, <laughs> I my, don't. My I hate. <laughs> <laughs> I hate looking at my work. My very first photo shoot was of my son. Yep. Um, when I was first starting out, and I, I, I actually now cringe every time I see my 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 newborn images of my son because. You know, part of me is sort of dying it's thinking. That, it's a part of that learning. <laughs> it it's is. My, my light was in the completely wrong direction. My posing on him was was so bad, so, so bad. I was literally a blank, uh, black blanket on a couch. Yeah, but it's still a precious memory. Like it it's, is. It's still, it's it, still, is. it still has worth. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I think we get more critical. Photographers tend to get more critical as you get older of, of yep. your own work and you really kind of, you know, your own worst critic sometimes. Yes, so, Very much so. So, have you? What's been the best single piece of advice that someone's ever given you? Is there a piece of advice that someone said to you, and, you, and that stuck with you? Probably my dad. It would be practice. Yeah. Just practice. There's there's no one thing that's ever going to change who you are and how you do it. You just need to practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's like every, every any pursuit in life. If you're gonna if you're gonna kind of get to a high level. Yep. You need to do it over and over again. Exactly. Um, whether it be an athlete, whether it be a photographer, whether it be an art painter. Yes. And you're painting. Yep. You know, how do people get better painting? You paint more. That's right. Exactly right. Paintings. Yep. It's simple as that. Yep. And it becomes easier and it becomes part of you. Yes, yep. that's it. That's it. And then once you've got that down pat, you go and practice something else. <laughs> <laughs> so what what do you, um, professionally, what do you call yourself? Your I'm Charlie Photography. Yep. And yep. Is, there, is there a story behind the Charlie Photography? There is name? a little bit of a story. So other than the fact that my dog is named Charlie and I have a daughter named Charlotte, yep. <laughs> I do actually love the name Charlie. Yep. Um, but it's, um, when I sort of loved the name Charlie, I worked out that I could actually work my own name into it. So it was C for Colleen, H-A-R for Harris. Yep. And Lee is my middle name. Yes. So that's why the Charlie spelling is with a double E and not an ah, I-E. Perfect. Yes. So it's always interesting, I think, when people when people come up with their name, because usually if there's they're usually well, she's really really, really pushing it pushing it to Z <laughs> Charlie. No. <laughs> it's because we're, because we're talking about Charlie now. <laughs> He's had a very busy weekend as well. Exactly. So that that's interesting, I think, because it, it is it is nice to actually have something that connects. You, you know, there's something personal about your name. So yeah. that, because that, when people meet you and that type of stuff. That's so. right. Yeah, and it's good because quite often I'll get um, clients questioning how I got the name Charlie, and then they'll they'll refer to me as Charlie instead of Colleen, and then they they're apologising profusely because of it. So it's sort of a bit of an icebreaker when that happens. That well, you know. that's true, that, and that's good to have those things like I said to to do that. So, and whereabouts if people were wanting to go and look some examples of your work, when what type of places could we find? Uh, my Facebook page, website. And that's um, under Charlie Photography? Under Charlie Photography, yes. Yes, I've yeah. search that. And Instagram? Instagram, yes. Although I, I, I'm a bit slack at posting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and I do have some work well, on that Pinterest means as well. Sometimes if you're a professional photographer who don't post a lot, means that's a good sign because they're really busy yes. making images. Yep, that's <laughs> exactly right. So I, I just need to remember that when I am posting to Facebook, I need to start transferring those images across to Instagram. Yeah, you can actually, well. you can. I know you can go the other way. If you post on Instagram, Instagram first, it'll put, it'll put it on to Facebook yes. automatically. I don't know if it goes, I don't think it goes... I don't think they've done it the other way around, yet. Yeah. No, the only reason I don't do that is because um, I end up with a square cropped image happening on my Facebook page and a whole lot of hashtags that yeah, I don't necessarily which aren't relevant. Not not on Facebook anymore. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And you also imagine you have a website. I do. Yes, yes. it's a very beautiful website. It's only yeah. recently been done again. So that's got a good. Um, good portfolio of your work it on does. there? It does, yes. I've got some beautiful images on there. I've got a lot of helpful information in relation to pricing and what to do, how to book with me, um, which I think is a very good um, key important thing to have on your website as well. well. People, look, one of the things, when I go to someone's website, there's a couple of things that I want to find quickly. I want to find how to contact them easily. Yes. That's one of my pet hates. If I'm having to search around a website, I'm trying to, I just want to talk to this person. Where do That's I right. find them? And the other thing, if you if you're interested in buying a product, yes, is how much that's how much right. is this product? And even if, if you don't want to put your full pricing on there, at least have a starting some guide. indicative pricing. Yes. Yes, yes, just so that the clients are you know, same thing when I was sort of looking for a pricing, whether it be a photographer or a plumber, um, I need to know. Okay, a can I afford you? I love your work, but can yes. I actually afford what what what's happening here? Yeah. Um, if I think that those prices are, are reasonable, I'm going to get in contact with you. Yeah. So. That's it, exactly. Yeah. Look, well, thank you for, for taking the time out of your, your day to have a chat. And, no worries. Um, I think it's, like I said, always interesting. And like I said, you're the first um, photographer we've done kind of... Regionally. Regionally, which yes. is fantastic. We awesome. Have, we hope to talk to some more photographers. I would be happy to recommend some more if I can start dragging them down from Rockhampton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we, we may even get you know somewhere closer. We might meet halfway. Yeah, that would be good. Um, but I think it's always good to, to hear it that, you know, to hear these stories about people's journey, particularly photography, yeah. and how they're actually all very similar. They really are. Yeah. Yeah, we're all very creatively-minded people who have all come from, you know, different backgrounds who think that we just reach a point in our life where we just have to do what we want to do and we yes. have to do what we love. And, and that's the thing. If you can get out of bed and you can be happy to jump up and go to work exactly yeah that's the best feeling yeah if, if i could choose to get up and take photos of the newborn versus delivering pizzas for the rest of my life <laughs> i think i'm going to choose having a newborn yeah. <laughs> excellent well have fun tonight thank you very much and um all the best for the future and thank you hope those gold bars keep coming me too i'd like a little piece of glass tonight if possible but we'll see what happens we'll see what happens <laughs> fing, fing, fingers crossed toes fingers crossed. crossed yes and then if not then it wasn't meant to be and next year's another year Exactly, that's right. And you've got more time to hone your skills. I do. All right. Very thanks, so. Colin. Thank, Thank you very you. much. No worries. Thanks for listening to this episode of Photo Mission Exposure. If you liked the episode, please leave a comment. Also, you can follow us. Don't forget to tune into another episode soon. Thank you.